The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. And welcome to Safe Place Sessions, a mental health podcast. My name is Sai, and joining me on today's episode is Ranta Oysters, Ben. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. Well, no worries. No worries. Uh, you're sort of on location recording at the moment, so to speak. Yeah, I, I am. I'm piggybacking off my work Wi-Fi. I'm sat in my car. Everything <laughs> <laughs> is off. All is good. All is safe. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant uh um the general gist of this podcast one of the episodes that we've we've had we've well, other people have recorded or i've recorded or so on already is is literally the whole the whole premise of it is to just have people talking and i suppose by by a knock-on of that to get other people talking for people to realize that it, i mean when i went through my my own personal issues i found could i be alone but uh, so, so I imagine there's plenty of people out there who also go through the same things. I, I, I've heard uh, other people who have been on the show already say the same thing. So to me, raising the awareness of, of these situations and uh, everyone's issues are different, of course, but raising the awareness of the whole sort of scenario itself and encouraging people to go and talk, whether it is to a professional, to a friend, to a family member, whatever, is kind of the mindset I had when I kind of suggested this this show. I mean, initially, as a couple of one-off episodes, I didn't expect it to turn into what it's turned into, to be fair. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, so that's kind of kind of what I'm hoping we'll do today. And, and you, you said yourself you're willing to sort of discuss your own personal issues and go and go through a few things that, that you've experienced in your life uh, in the sort of premise that, you know, other people may, I suppose, go, well, hang on, I feel like that as well, or I felt like that back then, or whatever, and, and, and open up themselves, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the whole thing is not, it's not an ego-type thing. It's a thing we mm. are actively trying to help people um it's not for everyone you know some people yeah they may need professional help they may think okay um, it is all right it's a cliche i I say it's a cliche that it's not okay it's okay to not be okay yes but i mean it it is true and some people sometimes need a little bit of help realizing that and that's yeah that's if we as you say if we can be open and honest then it paves the way for other people to think hang on maybe maybe it's okay it is all right so mm. yeah yeah and, and you're spot on there as well about saying that some people need professional help and so on uh, something that's been stated on every episode so far is we are not professionals not even professionals when it comes to rec- podcasting never mind uh, any- <laughs> anything else it's just a, a group of people you know ever revolving door host guest whatever you want to call it that have all had their own particular issues, their own particular struggles, their own particular, you know, battles, I guess might be another term people use. And it is trying to literally just encourage people to talk is, is the way I, way I view it. Um, so, I mean, we've had barely any interaction about this before pressing record. We, we've literally arranged when we were going to do it, what time and so on. And then, sat down and press and press go effectively so so here we are so so whereabouts do, do you want to start oh man i mean it's 
it's such a broad sort of scope, isn't it? It's uh, it's a mad thing to start. I mean, yeah, everyone has their own demons, issues. I mean, mm. mine, and I'm 36 years old. I've probably been in a weird sort of mental situation for, better, well, 20 plus years, I reckon now. Right, okay. Um, I almost feel guilty about saying that I have mental health issues because... You know, I'm. I've got a, a, a job. I've got a marriage. I've got a son. On paper, my life is pretty good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, and it's my own insecurities that lead to my anxiety, lead to panic attacks, lead to all sorts of self confidence. I mean, we've gone through quite a lot of it on um, randomizers as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of our well, our first A to Z episode was about anxiety and my battles with it. Um, and James has, has done this as well. Obviously he's been quite open about some of his issues. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tricky one to tie down. I mean, it's, it's an insecurity thing, I think for me. And that's, that's, I don't know where that's come from, whether it is my sort of upbringing, I suppose again, but I mean, I was, um, I mean, I'm, I was the youngest kid. I was my sister is seven years older than me. My, I think <laughs> my mum's quite good at sort of taking the blame herself for my sort of mental health situation because <laughs> okay, she had before they had me. They did have another child that was um, a stillbirth. Okay, so they kind of think maybe that is part of the reason why my mum was so, you know, anxious and worried and everything else about when I was arriving due to their experiences they've had but i don't blame my mum obviously that's mm. that's crazy but um yeah for me it was anxiety and that's just led from one thing to another really with uh, the way my mind is i've never felt a sort of over uh, overwhelming sense of self i think self-worth is a good way of putting it okay yeah yeah i'm not meaning to throw this all on you because we've had we've had Twitter chats and everything about this, and I mean, I came up with the name of this podcast. So there you Come go. On. The design, everything about the logo, the whole shebang, mate. The whole shebang. Yeah, no, no. I. It, it's funny because so much of what you're saying now, I can relate to. I don't feel like I should be turning around and saying, yeah, "I've I've suffered with depression, or I suffer with this, or I suffer with that." Because again, I, I've got you know my wife, my kids, and like you said, on paper it comes across that you've got no reason. And then I think also that contributes to sometimes having one of these bad spells because I then feel guilty for feeling that way, which makes it work. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And I'm actually, as we're talking we so we're recording this on a Monday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I had a really bad spell sort of this last week just gone. And it sort of okay. came, to a head, came to a head on Friday. Uh, and it, it was a case of factors just being overwhelmed. I lost, I'd lost all motivation, all, all motivation for work. Um, we've got jobs to do around the house; they're just mounting up because I, I can't sort of, I can't get my head straight with them. Mm. Um, my wife has been ever since we've had our son. My son's five now. She's my my wife's got um, chronic fatigue syndrome, um, so she's very easy when she does sort of something. It it wipes her out for like right, a, yeah a, okay but when that happens i obviously have to step up and counterbalance that and i have 
I work full time. I do a 40 mile round trip to work every day. Wow. I come home. It just stop. So if my wife's having a bad time, I carry on sort of looking after the boy, putting him to bed, going to walk with the dog. So I'm, I'm, I'm up at half past five, six o'clock in the morning. And then I'm not relaxing probably till about half 10, 11 o'clock at night. That is a long old day. It's a long old day. It is and, a long uh, old day. <laughs> sleep on the sofa i admit that and my wife said why'd you do it i said well this is what i'm doing mm. and sometimes i get I, I don't know again i feel guilty and that sets me off i think why am i doing that i should be trying harder i should be doing this i should be doing that uh, and as i say the guilt sets in my forgetfulness my wife will ask me to do something and because i'm so stressed out about doing stuff at home doing stuff with um my son doing stuff at work <sighs> yeah no i get what you mean i get what you mean so do you, do you have a a sort of personal way of dealing with these things, or is it just you know speaking to your doctor got you some help? Or look, I suppose the thing I'm sort of getting at is you say you've you've had this this kind of way about you, your mindset and so on for twenty odd years. Has it was at any point was it just a case of you trying to deal with it before speaking to someone, or was there a point where you thought enough is enough, something has to change? So, yeah, there was a point I was, I think I was probably 19 and um, okay. I, 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 I had a, I actually, where I lived at the time, I got a local newspaper and um, there was an ad for sort of a counsellor, sort of just informal chat, all registered and everything was fine. You didn't have to go through the whole NHS referral stuff and that sort of thing. And I went for a chat with this, this lady and so it was therapy, basically. Right. It was therapy. And I was the best part of the year. But it made, it made a huge difference at that point. Because uh, before that, I would just go in and I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. Bother. I wouldn't do anything. And if anything, that made it worse, trying try to you know, repress it or whatever. Because it would all boil up into a head and it all... Yeah. But um, no, by talking to... Uh, again, I'm not preaching this on people it's not an approach for him but by talking to someone neutral not family not friends someone away from their circle that that helped me so much so that my therapist came to my wedding <laughs> why okay brilliant <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah that she she means a lot to me in my life um but see, again since i've grown up and i've you know family kids those sort of different sorts of pressures come on but talking it out definitely helped mm. see I, I when i spoke to um magazine on a previous episode he said exactly the same thing the, the therapy side of thing was what really helped him and i find that really intriguing because i very much feel outside looking in when it comes to that topic because I've, I've never had therapy or, or anything like that myself i've spoken to my gp uh, i've spoken to um family members my wife's been very supportive and so on so i've had that person to talk to of course but with regards to the actual therapy side of things i've never done that so it, it was funny because magazine sort of explained it to me and i had so many preconceived ideas that were like completely wrong in my head, I imagined the whole lying down on the big leather couch, shebang, somebody in a suit and a notebook and pen sort of going, well, how does that make you feel? Tell me about your mother and all the usual stereotypes, you know, it's kind of yeah, what yeah, was yeah. always in my head. So it kind of really 
it really opened my eyes when I when I discussed it with with Mags about his process with with the the therapy side of things. And it's interesting hearing you say there as well that you, you know your therapist is such a big part of your life that she even came to your wedding. That's that's pretty spectacular. It's, it goes completely against the very kind of almost stuffy, satin leather bound you know sofa whatever that I kind of preconceive it to be. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you expect the old yeah an old an old fellow with dust bound books on a massive bookshelf yeah. behind yeah. yeah that sort of thing um yeah the, the, it was certainly very good for me to do that at that point um mm-hmm. so much so i think my mind has been because i'm quite a calm person anyway i'm quite a calm I'm quite a patient person and I, a lot of people said due to me going through that sort of process that it's a profession i should consider um and so to help with uh, some of the stresses as I was growing up, I uh, just before my son was born, so I actually went um, to an evening class, to, to a counselling evening class, to actually train right. to be a counsellor. Um, and it was brilliant. It was brilliant. Even though it, there were certain levels you can go to do it, you start at level two, don't know why you start. Don't start at level one. That was saying my yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I started at level two, and I did it for four months. Um, but you are in effect going through therapy in that uh, session as well, because you're in a group of. Well, I had a group of twelve people, maybe. Never met these people before. Don't know them. Didn't know them at all. Um, I've now got them all on a WhatsApp group on my phone. I'm still in touch with them. Right. Okay. This is nearly six years on. Um, so you meet groups of people in the same boat as yourself because all these people have been through therapy or had something happen and throughout these sessions they not only do you learn the skills but you you have to act in a therapy session effectively you mm-hmm. not only you as the counselor asking this person questions and trying to understand what question uh, how to get the help them see the information without going too prying but you're also on the flip side you are being you know, you were having a session with this person as account. Yeah. And people carried it on through level, and two or three of them now are fully qualified counsellors. But if it's something that interests you from that point of view, I strongly suggest people looking at courses like that purely for learning the skills, purely learning the questions and how to approach. It gave me a different uh, approach to, to understanding mental health, I suppose. Did that, did that influence y- your own mental health as well then? Because obviously you're asking questions to to other people, but can yeah. you sort of internalise those questions and, and pick something in your own head apart by the information you've picked up? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. It was a really interesting experience. Um, and yeah, it's something that, I, that definitely helped me in that. Mm. understand more of what was going on in my head by the by the knowledge i'd received from the tutor and the empathy i suppose from other people because it was just it, i'd never been in that sort of empathetic situation i mean i had my obviously with my uh my wife and my, my friends and family but it this is a total stranger yeah and that's why i'm more sort of set now in the mindset of it definitely helps just to talk it out. So, I mean, to be fair, you and I, we've obviously been talking. We've we've done one podcast together, technically. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not 
Two December. I'm I'm probably going to when we finish this recording, I'm going to go back into my thought. I feel really good now. <laughs> <I've> always, <laughs> like, anyway, so last week to now, I, I mean, I, yeah, I had a bit of a mental breakdown about tile in my bathroom. So I was right. just, I was stood there with this tile in my hand, going, "What the hell? What the hell wrong?" <laughs> it's it's funny as well, isn't it? How certain things will. I suppose maybe they're not the actual cause. They could just be like the, the, the straw, the final straw on the camel's back, I guess is the saying, isn't it? Whereas something will happen and it, that'll be that. I mean, will, will I add my kind of, I don't know how you'd word it, uh, rock bottom's the wrong phrase, I guess, but that kind of moment of, okay, this is where, you, you know, something needs to change. It was yeah. over something ridiculous like the washing up. And it just yeah. broke me. But it wasn't about the washing up. It was about things that have been happening months and even years previously you know it was that kind of that that one initial moment just literally led to the final snap of what was going to go i guess for want of a better phrase yeah yeah, yeah. So. you know with something totally innocuous mm. and the, the um, games when it bottles yeah when it bottles up and bottles up and bottles up and yeah it can be yeah doing the wash up breaking a glass in the washing up something like that yeah you just yeah. I did have it happen at work once when um, I was not having a good time anyway, and I think my my boss, without sort of saying, "Oh, oh, by the way, from from tomorrow, I'm on holiday for three weeks. Here's all the filing you have to do," and gave me about forty files. Right. Uh, so I looked at him, sort of did the smile through great. Yes, that's fine. That's fine, boss. Yeah. I'm not out at all it's fine um and then i said i've got to go out for a minute and i went uh, i'm quite like where i am i'm based so my office is in newbury and i'm about a one minute walk from the high street so i literally went out to the high street walked all the way down the high street with my headphones on you know music on blanking out the world i took 10 minutes i walked around the block and came back because mm. that's that music is my escapism anyway but okay. um when it's needed now that's my way of doing it just to not let it fester whatever your escapism is be it listening to music be it playing music being just going going sit quietly for a minute by listening to one of the many podcasts on sjp world media or, or <laughs> whatever your escapism is um once you find it i think it's a really good thing to find mm. yeah and that's something i think i've struggled with to be fair because for a long time, I knew that there was something wrong, shall we say. There was, there was an issue that needed addressing. But my way of dealing with it, first of all, there's the standard, isn't there, of just bury your head in the sand, it'll go away. You know, almost uh, th- those cliches that um, I've now grown to absolutely despise, but I've even used myself back in, back in the day of, oh, man up, what's wrong with you, all that sort of nonsense, you know? Oh, don't. don't. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible shit. Absolutely awful. But it, my coping mechanism, I guess, when I felt like I had to do something to react to what was happening, to just to deal with it, I don't know whether it was down to a lack of understanding or whatever, I don't know, was to just drink. And that was, that was my, my thing, and it has always been my thing, you know, to the point where it, it got quite bad for a while, because it doesn't help, obviously. And, you know, it, again, it would be that big, that big sort of, you know, ever, 
a revolving circle, I guess, a, a constant loop of drinking, which makes you depressed, which then makes me depressed, which means I drink, and, and it would just go round and round and round. And it was almost like I had what I thought was a coping mechanism, but it was actually making the whole scenario much, much worse. And it's funny now, because I don't know 100% even now, speaking to you today, if I've got what I would refer to as, as, a, as a definitive way of dealing with something. I still kind of bottle it up a little bit, to be fair. Mm. Um, I suppose my go-to is to just put some wrestling on the TV and and, and, and go from there. But I don't really, I, I don't know, because I, I feel in such a better place now than I did, I, suppose, I almost feel like I don't need one, in a way. I've probably not explained that very well, but... No, I get what you mean. I realise what I said about finding escapisms. That's not meaning... I mean, I get that, obviously, people in these situations, they do turn to drink, they turn to drugs, they turn to various other things. Do you think Um, that's down to... Sorry to interrupt, but do you think that's down to maybe misunderstanding as well for some people? They may not realise that... uh, the The whole mental health awareness thing, to me, still feels like a relatively new situation. It still feels like it's, I mean, it's been around for a few years, of course, especially with men's mental health, but it doesn't feel like something that was, I heard about a great deal, say, in the 90s, or when I was, you know, in my 20s or whatever, and that was, you know, that's 20 years ago now. Do you think that maybe people suffered with these issues that are obviously real and legit, and now there's names for them and processes for them and so on, but before that was as well known, it was just seen as having addiction issues or having problems or needing that crutch without really having anything properly diagnosed. Maybe it was seen as a weakness. I think that's mm. the, that's, that's the big, thing. I, it was seen, it was almost taboo. Yes. Okay. For, for many. So I, I don't think it's a new thing. I think it is. It, it's the, the way the world has evolved and technology is involved. I think it has helped people. Um, understand it a bit more i mean i'm i'm i mean I, i'm not keen on social media anyway but no those platforms have helped reach people and think actually or it's taken a celebrity to say I, i've been suffering with this and they've, they've led the way you know things like that it's yeah it's one of those things it's always been about and no one's ever really known how to sort of approach it or understand mm-hmm. it very well um and I, I think nowadays there's things put in place with extra charities and understanding and empathy. I used to say empathy before, but I think empathy to those sort of situations is is big now. Yeah. Uh, again, that, I think that ties into the burying your head in the sand kind of scenario that I found myself doing. And I mean, many other people, when you're feeling alone and so on, you, you need to know that you can speak to somebody. You need to know there are people out there who, who are going to be on a, you know, on a level with you, I guess. Whereas, you know, like you said, having, having that, that empathy, I suppose. Whereas, again, going back a little while, there wasn't so much of that. And it was the whole man up, what's wrong with him, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And I know um, you you guys have, you and Max covered it on Chain Wrestling. There was the, the, the man up thing. Um, I remember... I, mean, I can't remember how many years ago it was, and I, I think I've told you this before, that I had a conversation with um, a member of my family, and I, I sort of opened up to them, and I said, I'm feeling really low. I'm feeling really bad at the moment. 
things go around in my head. I'm just feeling really sad. And the response I got was, well, don't. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Well, why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> yeah. Just cheer up, will you? Just smile. <laughs> oh, man. I had that people when I, when I used to work with someone who goes, I walk past and I obviously, I don't even think I think it was no. I think I just had a sort of a neutral sort of face. And I got, yeah. you're up. And I, and I instinctively went, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, getting back to sort of your own your own um, issues, struggles, however, I, I never really know the correct term because everyone uses different different terms. Situation. There we go. Okay, that's a good one. I like that. I'm gonna steal that. So, getting back to your own situation, <laughs> has it? Do you think anyway? Any any occasions where it's negatively affected your work life, your home life, or anything like that with regards to? I, the reason I bring it up is, I mean, I, I've lost jobs over this. I've lost, you said about the situations where, you know, you feel you've got no motivation. And it, I suppose, again, it's coming back to the stereotype uh, box ticking, I suppose, kind of scenario. But I couldn't get out of bed for certain days. And that cost me a job I had. This is going back quite a little while now, but it, it's still prominent in my mind. Is, has you had anything uh, affected directly that in that way? Maybe before you had your moment of, okay, something needs to change here? Or maybe even afterwards, I don't know. Yeah, so I think going back to my uh, previous employer, uh, the, the, the environment at that employer was not good. Uh, was not okay. good. The morale was not good. And that led to me, yeah, lying in bed thinking, I'm not going to work today. Yeah. I can't. There's nothing yeah. wrong with me, like an illness, but like, you know, like cold, cough, whatever. I can't do it. Not okay. going to it. Um, and that particular employee was not very understanding. I mean, again, we're not, we're not going back too far. We're going back oh, less than 10 years. Okay. Right. Um, and it was the environment in that workplace was not good. I knew that I needed to get out. So I, I needed to, I, I ended up switching departments for a bit, sort of flitted around, found a role that was okay, but then it crept around. It was all cyclical in certain workplaces right. and it sort of hit again. And that's when I thought, right now I need to leave this company before I'm, before I am pushed for, yes. at that point they couldn't say, I just kept phoning in and said, I can't come in, I can't come in. They could have put me on sick leave, but they couldn't, I don't, I don't know. If they'd have fired me for when they realised the reason, uh, I think all hell would have broken loose in local press and. Uh, okay. But I've got this new job. Now. Well, I said new job. Been here five years. These bosses here are really understanding because they've been through similar things. So if I phone up and I say I'm having a really bad mental health day today, they are really. They'll say to instead of my previous employer saying, "No, you just need to come in." Yeah, yeah. They'll say, okay, look after yourself. Text me when you're ready to come back. Why? That's brilliant. So I'm very lucky. Yeah. Where I am now. Um, so, yeah, the world gets awful sometimes here, but I just try and keep my head down and plow on through it. Mm. Uh, knowing that if I have a wobble or I have a wander, I usually say, I have a wander in my head. That's what yeah. I usually have. I have a wonder. I can go to the boss openly. I say, look, I'm suffering. It's yeah, it's not happening at the moment. Mm. So, um, 
Yeah, then if that answers your question or not. Yeah, no, it, it does. It does. I mean, and that's that's fantastic to hear as well. I think many other employers could learn from that. I think. I think it's because if you know you've got that, I don't know how to word it, that that, that backup or whatever. Yeah. You're not, you know, you're not feeling like, oh, okay, because if you have those, you have those days. And again, I'm talking from my experience here. It may not apply to yourself or anyone listening, but when you have those days where you're struggling. A job I had previously, uh, I died for those days where I was struggling. It was quite a stressful role. I was doing lots of hours and so on, and the buck kind of stopped with me with regards to this this whole this whole you know well the whole building effectively. If I didn't go in, I knew it'd be worse the next day. So yeah. it's that kind of forcing myself, which would <laughs> I'd force myself to go in, which would then make my situation worse. But if I didn't go in, I knew that the work situation would be a hell of a lot worse the following day. And it was almost like if I took a day off on the sick, if I took a day off because I was struggling, having a wobble, whatever, it was almost like the young lads who worked for me then suddenly thought, oh, well, if the boss can have a day off, fuck it, I'm phoning in sick tomorrow. And, and, and there, was a de- there was a definitive pattern that I could recognise with this. So if I had a random Wednesday off because I wasn't well or whatever, guarantee Thursday, Friday, I'd only have half staff, which would then knock on to the scenario of me playing catch-up and the stress and the pressure and so on. Um, with regards to that place, though, I mean, that was just before COVID. And when, when COVID hit, they, you know, there's a bit of a story to it, but they offered furlough or redundancy and so on. I didn't trust the fuckers to pay the furlough, so I took the redundancy. Turned out I was right because I spoke to people who used to work for them and they got fucked over, but it's a different story for a different day. That whole change of scenario for me made a massive difference to my, my mental health, my well-being, my home life, everything. Now, lockdown, COVID and so on. I understand had a huge negative effect on so many people of different ages um, and, and different scenarios. Me personally, it ended up being a positive experience because I got away from a toxic situation that I didn't realize. I knew it was bad where I was, but I didn't realize how bad until I got away from it. Hmm. But I was fortunate to be in a position where I could take the redundancy and stay at home and still pay my rent and so on. With regards to COVID and lockdown and oh, that whole crazy scenario that we went through, that you know, it's insane when you think about it. People are going to learn about this in schools a hundred years in the future. So they'll still be talking about it. Yeah. How did that affect yourself? And I suppose along along those lines as well, your your mental health, your work life, and so on. How did how did COVID affect you? Because a lot of people struggled through that, didn't they? Yeah. So. Um, initially, obviously, the when it first hit, no one knew what was going on. No, no one knew, and it was that unknown that was setting anxiety off and uh, and everything yeah. else. Yeah, um, yeah, unprecedented, unprecedented. Yeah, crazy, absolutely insane scenario when you think about it now. Um, we got so we got says so me, my wife, my son. My son was two when COVID hit. Um, and in a way, we weirdly in a way we timed it well um in a sense that he obviously wasn't at school anyway he was sort of before going to sort of preschool we hadn't got to that so it was just factoring in the childcare and then juggling my wife's job and my job 
Okay. So and you I, carried on working through through lockdown, sorry. I worked all the way through it. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, I worked all the way they I was able to work from home for I, I didn't work from home the whole, whole time though. So um initially it was it was hard it took the home life and it took a toll on my wife and me in the sense of at the time my son was waking up at five six o'clock you know he was two so yeah um, and my job at the time was was, was phone based so i had set hours monday to friday i had to do those set hours okay my wife wasn't so she could sort of flex it around a little bit so basically whenever uh our son would wake up we would both get up my wife would start work at six say i'd have the boy from six till nine I'd start work at nine, work through to nine to five. She'd have him there. Then at five, I'd take over. She'd work from five to eight or nine. And then we'd, we'd stop with what I put him to bed and then we'd stop. So again, it was, it was that day of it's a, it's a 14, 15 hour day. Yes. But at that point, it were, it were by the time, so what, what did lockdown was in the March, wasn't it? So I actually ended up going back to the office in the July. Um, and so I only did sort of three, four months at home initially. And our son started, actually started, um, to the play group in the September. Okay. So it worked out in that respect quite well that my wife then got a bit of free space to do her hours whilst, um, the boy went to preschool and i went to the office and i would still help out obviously when i came home so that sort of thing did help but can i go back to something you said a minute ago? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, of course yeah of course yeah when you said i was like when you would be off and you knew you'd be fucked for the rest of the week basically yeah, 100 percent. yeah <laughs> um, even in this place now my anxiety goes a little bit wobbly when someone is off because I know full well that that workload of that person will end up on my desk for that day. Right. Yeah. So they'll be worried about that work getting done. But I mean, they trust me to do it, which is a nice thing, but it's another notch on my ladder. I'm thinking I've got to this, got to this, got to this, mm-hmm. got to this. When I'm off, either here or on holiday, nine times out of 10, no one touches my work. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, I've still got it when I get back. Okay. Or if it has been done, it's been fucked up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah again, so, that sounds familiar. Yeah. I've still got to sort it, even though someone has looked at it. Um, so I, as we speak, I'm due to go on holiday next week. So I'm slightly twitchy. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I know, I know what you mean. It was the same scenario for me in numerous places. Uh, it is, it, it makes me laugh. So the place I worked at, it was just an absolute fucking shambles. But again, that's a story for another day. That's a story and for I'm another not- day. This is a total clusterfuck of a podcast because I'm just throwing stuff at you. Oh, so. no, no, no. It's, uh, this is how, this is how the, all the other episodes have been, exactly the same. And this is kind of what I think makes this this podcast work, I guess. And people, yeah. obviously, as we're recording, the first episode hasn't quite come out yet. I think it's going to be released uh, sometime next week, potentially. It, this is kind of the way I think it, it works well because there is no massive structure. There is no massive, um, uh, you know, any other show I do, I've got a format in front of me. I've got notes. I've got this, that, the other. I've got literally nothing in front of me at all right now. And it's just a case of let's talk. And that's kind of the whole message for this show is talk. 
you know, and we can bounce around about work, about about all sorts of different stuff. And again, it comes back to, in my mind, if just one person listens and one thing somebody says strikes a chord with them and gets them to open up or get some help or, or even just think, huh, okay, that sounds familiar, then it's done some good, in my mind, as far as I can see anyway. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay. Um, I mean, again, don't feel you have to answer this because it's a personal thing, um, but something that I now sort of swear by is my medication. It's these, these, these little green and yellow pills, honestly, they're my best friend. Yeah, <laughs> they have absolutely changed my life because a lot of the issues I had have either been completely watered down or disappeared completely. Is that something that you have gone through and uh, you know found successful, or is it something you've not had yourself? Or I mean, the reason I ask is because a conversation I had with Magsy, Magsy explained with his scenario, he tried various different things medication-wise before he found something he settled on. And I also know that members of my family have gone through something similar. Whereas I feel quite lucky in that. I tried something, wasn't for me. Next one, boom, laughing. Is that something that you had an experience with yourself? Because I know it works for some, doesn't work for others. Some people don't even get it prescribed to them. It, it, I'm just curious as to, you know, because again, the the stigma, I suppose, of having to wake up in the morning and take some tablets just to, for want of a better phrase, keep your head straight. You know, it's <laughs> it, a lot of people sort of look at it and think, oh, what's all that about? You know, it's it's something I'm quite curious about with regards to how other people view it and, and how, if that's something they've ever done. Yeah, so I was prescribed tablets. Okay. And, I mean, my family members and my wife is on tablets as well for, mm-hmm. for uh, antidepressants and whatever. Um, I was prescribed them. I tried them. Uh, they 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 didn't work for me at all. Okay. They actually, I think I must have had a reaction to them or something because I was not very well, sort of physically, through her taking these tablets. But so did, I, sorry, did they make you feel? Did you feel sick or was it like a? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It made me feel minging. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I I did the minimum amount that I had to take. I think it take like six weeks or something to get your body used to then to wean them off. Um, and yeah, I came off them. And I'm, so I'm not on any medication for, for, for depression, anxiety, whatever. Um, yeah, sometimes it, you know, sometimes it hits me a bit harder maybe, but it's, it's something I've tried. It wasn't for me. I'm, it's, it's kind of my gripe, I guess, with, with certain, um, situation in, in, in healthcare in that, you go to a, a doctor or whatever and you say, oh, I'm feeling low, I'm feeling depressed. The automatic go-to is you try, you have this tablet. Yes. Uh, oh, well, yes. Yeah. And it, it kind of bugs me a little bit because, I mean, I'm not like a spiritual person or anything like that. I'm not going to go Papa Shango on people. <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not one for that, but I, I'm all for having gone through the, the counseling training stuff. I'm all for going that route rather than yes. going medication route and if if people don't want to know if people if it works for people brilliant like you say you've you've they changed your life for that vet superb mm-hmm. it works brilliant it works for me talking it out right uh, so I, i'm definitely in that sort of camp yeah um so no the tablets the tablets work for my wife 
not so much for me. See, again, this is this is what I find absolutely it's really fascinating to me because I, I'm I'm learning so much with every person I've spoken to for the show and and so on. Even though I, I've had my issues for quite a while, they are very much like I said my issues. So I understand myself. But there's so many variables and differences from person to person with regards to, uh, I suppose, triggers might be a word, uh, what, what causes it, I guess, um, a reaction to these feelings that people have. And then obviously how people deal with it, whether it is uh, dealing with it personally or dealing with it with medication or therapy and so on. And that's why, I'm, again, the therapy side of things, like I said earlier, I've not had any any interaction with whatsoever i've had it's a completely you know not not even been spoken about with me and i feel that you know, at the moment you know my 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 path was the medication it took it took one or two attempts but got it right but then i hear that your staff has had the therapy route and that's where it's brilliant for you i know magsy on our first episode has the medication and the therapy and that works superb for him it's and again it just goes sorry the combo for some people of it yeah it's, absolutely yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's, again, just, to me, first of all, again, I, I keep coming back to the same phrase, but the, the whole raising awareness situation, it, it can be a case of, and I, I, I'm really glad that you said that your 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 way of dealing with your, your situation is the, the, the therapy side of things and having your, knowing how you're feeling and then going for your walk out of work, for example, as you explained earlier on. Because there is this stigma attached about taking medication. And I do completely agree with you that when you go to see a GP, sometimes it's a case, you know, they just throw pills at you with anything, not just you know, mental health situations. So I think it is quite good to know that if there are issues in people's lives that require some, some attention or some care, shall we say, and they have this mindset of taking antidepressants or taking these tablets, etc., isn't for them. That's not the only route at all. I think that's quite an important message, really, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It, okay. It, yeah, it bugs me. It's the go-to thing. Just take mm. this tablet. It's not. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, okay. I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of touch upon before we sort of wrap up here today? Um, is there anything else you want to bring to light to your own personal experiences? Uh, good, bad, anything at all? Um, I, I think it's it's just the thing that it can manifest itself in any way. Or if you it doesn't even matter if you're if you're listening to just curious about what we're talking about, mm-hmm. but you think actually this happened to me the other day. Like say you really panicky about something, but you couldn't understand what it was. Maybe it could be a panic attack. Maybe it could be the start of an anxiety. I remember I had a my first real mega panic attack. I had I was actually um, in the middle of New York City. <laughs> Oh, okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> probably, so you didn't do it by halves then. You, you really sort of jumped in with both feet, so to speak. Yeah, I did it properly. I um, <laughs> so I was there on my uh, on my honeymoon actually, and um, when we went, uh, when we went, we sort of planned the trip, you know, months, years in advance to avoid certain areas, times of the year in America. You know, Thanksgiving. We went before Thanksgiving. You know. Uh, snowy season want to you know going to new york want to avoid that um but we went in 2016 in november but we went uh the week of the election when trump won uh, okay and trump's hotel was the same street as our hotel okay 
so I've seen people, there was, uh, we were out, I don't know where we went, but we went out anyway, and, um, oh, we went to the garden, I went to, I went to Madison Square Garden, amazing oh, place. Nice, okay, yeah. Um, and, uh, walking back up, and the street was blocked, and there was no way through, there was policemen, guns, helicopters, all these people, and I, I couldn't see a path to safety. Right. And I, sweat was pouring off me, I was shaking, I was all sorts. My wife said to me, right, let's see, let's sit down. Because if you fall down, you're a big guy. I'm not picking you up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We got back, obviously, it was fine. But um, if you get that sort of moment where you think, I don't know what my body's doing, Mm. you're obviously reacting to a situation in that sort of, in in, in my mind, that sort of way that you could be having an anxiety type thing. My my nephew, my nephew is 16. He's just gone through exams. He's just gone through... um, breaking up with his first girlfriend and he's having panic attacks. And I'm saying to to my sister, get him to speak to someone if he wants to. I said, Mm. obviously as a family member, I said, I'm sort of neutral. I'm out of the way. If you want me to talk to him, I'll talk to him. But I appreciate he wants to speak to someone away from everyone so that he can have that anonymity, I suppose, you know, Mm. and that, um, well, that safe place. There you go. Well, there you go. Look look at that. eh? I mean, it's funny you mentioned the uh, panic attacks as well because that's something that I don't think I've touched upon yet with, with, with anyone I've spoken to for this show. A family member of mine who has never suffered of anything, that, you know, throughout their whole life, had a scenario probably only a couple of months ago where they didn't know what was going on with their body. They were stuck somewhere. Um, they were in the middle of nowhere, and it had this effect on them. And then as they described it, it turns out, yeah, okay, that was definitely a panic attack. And the doctor even said that was a panic attack. And, uh, you know, struggling to breathe and all sorts of stuff, chest going tight and all sorts. And I look back on a couple of occasions where I've had a scenario like that itself. Uh, not too long ago, actually, a couple of months back, I had I had one where I got in from work and I felt funny in the car on the way home. My friend was, my friend, my colleague was driving me home. I felt funny in the, and I kept coughing and I couldn't stop coughing. And my chest started to hurt. And then when I got in the house, the wife literally said, you don't look great. What's wrong with you? And then within half an hour, I had an ambulance out to me because we had, we weren't sure, but there's a thing in the back of my mind of, I'm a big fat bloke. I probably don't look after myself very well. Is this a fucking heart attack? That's it. That's exactly it. And you think, you think in that moment, your mind goes into overdrive and you yeah. think, this is my, this is, I'm on the way upstairs now, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's it's insane, really. I mean, I wonder now, looking back at those, because I've had that maybe twice in my life, maybe three times, where it's that... I've, I've had smaller ones as well, that I look back and go, okay, that was something that was funny with that. But these bigger ones, where it's literally I can't breathe, and my chest feels like like somebody's punched me in it. Like, it's like, you know when you get like your dead arm feeling, but it's in my chest, and it hurts, and, you know. And I look back on those, and think, okay, was that... Was that a panic attack there then? Was that a real bad panic attack? And I speak to the wife and so on, and she 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 kind of agrees as well. But it's funny how myself, my family member, and uh, a friend of mine went through something similar. And, and like you just said, your mindset instantly goes to shit. Am I having a heart attack? Yeah, yeah. I mine usually start. I get um, uh, like muscle spasms. So I get I get one in my thumb about there. Okay. So that goes goes, and I get one in my eye. And then that sort of then transcends itself to I get pins and needles in my my either my hands or my feet, and right. uh, I think if I, I I've learned now to think 
that's a, that's a warning sign. I need to I need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, oh. I, have them. I do still have them sometimes, <laughs> but yeah, that I've learned that. Yeah, that sort of moment there. The thing. Mm-hmm. Hang on a minute. You mentioned like being in New York and the, the, the crowd and not being able to see a route out and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Is the crowd aspect something that you've always had a situation with throughout your life? Or is this a newer thing since you sort of coming more to grips with your mental health and, and your own situation and so on? I, I've usually been all right with crowds. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, I'm usually okay. Uh, I think it was just that with the situation. And I knew, obviously, I knew the event that was happening at the time. Um, uh, that that sort of situation, that was a one-off. But my wife is not good in crowds. Right. So if, for instance, we are in London, for instance, um, usually, if it's really busy, because, <laughs> again, I'm a big guy, I usually will get her to stand behind me, and I will walk like I'm bloody Liam Gallagher, you know, with my arm. <laughs> And I was just walk behind me and just hold on to my belt or something and just travel in my wake, good woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, so, so, no, that's not really been a factor for me. And actually, that's, in a weird way, that's uh, after following COVID and stuff, when everything was sort of picking back up, the lack of crowds helped in it as well. Okay. So I, I used to like going in shops and there not being too many people up in your, you know, up in your yeah. business and, um and yeah i tend to do i steer away from more yeah maybe but do they affect me to that effect no not really that's not i I don't know again you mentioned covid there i don't know if it has had a knock-on with me from that viewpoint but i I used to go to a lot of gigs a lot of concerts a lot of festivals and so on that was my thing i was always going to live music and whether it was big massive arenas or you know stadium shows or tiny little club gigs where you're rammed in with like 30 people or whatever yeah never bothered me never bothered me at all uh, I had tickets to go see a band probably last year mm. on the day of the show. I decided I wasn't going and it all boiled down to being in a crowd. And yeah, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties now. That's the first time in my whole life I've ever felt that way. And I wonder if COVID has changed my mindset with that and with regards to dealing with crowds and so on. Um, and you also get the knock on as well, I suppose for, for, for other people i mean my, my two daughters they're, they're 13 and 16 now during covid that, that that's really socially impacted them uh, my, my 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 youngest daughter was going from junior school up to senior school whilst lockdown was on so she missed out on a great deal of stuff going on with that aspect and it's socially affected her still to this day and i think that's quite an important thing for people to realize in that okay you may have been video calling your friends and family you may have been in your bubble and seeing a handful of people but life was so different during that time. It, I, yeah. think, I think it's had effects on people that we're still finding out about now, as opposed to an instant reaction to it, maybe. But that's it. I mean, it took, it, going back to what we started, and it, it took me a long time to come out of my shell and to talk it out. As you say, through COVID, my nephew, was, I mentioned my nephew earlier, he was 13 when it kicked off. He's 16 now, and now it's coming to a head, so he can now try and get some help, which I think is good for him but it, it is that effect it's a bit crazy affecting people with crowd you know with i mean my my wife is not good not good with crowds she had a panic attack in ikea after it all opened up again because she just couldn't handle people being around okay and she was <laughs> we were sat 
on like this display of carpets for about 20 minutes while she's just, I just need to sit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least you're in the right place. I suppose you've got comfy places to sit down. Not the middle of fucking New York. <laughs> in November. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Well, I, I think we'll, we'll probably wrap it up there, Ben, if that's all right with you, my friend. Uh, thank you so so much for joining me today uh thank you so much for opening up and having this conversation and so on um is there anything you want to add just before we depart and then let everyone know whereabouts they can find you online buddy um no not really that we've had on more than more than this i hope my incoherent babbling about this subject <laughs> has helped someone somewhere it's yeah like i say it's sounds like a cliche these days but if you're not all right and it, you know that's what this is here for so yeah well done to you for, for sending it all up absolutely i mean i know i've come up with the name the logo the music <laughs> the, mu- yeah, the music the music you, you sent two options for the music yeah and said choose one of these i've just used one as the intro one as the outro so fuck it okay <laughs> so it's important to me it's important to you the guys who've contributed already um yeah so yeah well done to you for doing it it's good it's a really good thing and i hope yeah i hope whoever's out there listening it helps them somehow yeah well i mean first of all well, thank you very much for those kind words but it's it's not i couldn't do this for everyone else basically in my head when this started it was going to be one or two random episodes of of something else and that'd be that but it kind of took a life of its own and everyone wanted to be involved and everyone wanted to get in talk and so on so yeah that, that's that's fantastic it, it wouldn't be happening without everyone else and as i've said before in previous episodes if anyone wants to get involved and wants to have a conversation it doesn't have to be with me it can be with somebody else your friend of yours on here it can be with uh, anyone in particular from our twitter circle or beyond they can reach out and find us at sp sessions on twitter uh, whereabouts people find you ben uh so you can find me on um i say twitter or x or whatever it's called now oh yeah that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh you can find me at witticisms of ben uh you can find uh i'm gonna hype my podcast as well because it's crack on mate crack on you can find my show randomizers at randomizers on uh twitter on instagram on facebook and on tiktok at that same handle so um, not that there's anything on the tiktok yet but there will be um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, on that show, me and James, we we talk about important topics, but we talk about silly topics as well. So mm-hmm. um, much of we've discussed now. So. Yeah, I, I love it. I really enjoy the show. It's great, and also it gives me an opportunity when you message me every now and again and go, "Oh, we're doing R this week. Do you want to have a rant about something?" And then something will pop in my head, and I'll message at you. And then for half an hour after I sent you the message, I'm actually cross because I'm <laughs> thinking about that thing that makes me angry. <laughs> Yeah. And the wife's the wife's wife's going like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Bloody Sarah sweets, they're fucking nonsense." <laughs> so we recorded that episode, and I uh, said, uh, "Yeah, I said to James, sour." So I said, "Sour sweets," and I said, "But if if a sweet is sour, is it sweet?" Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. He's got a point. He's wrong that they're not nice, but he's got a point. <laughs> no, it makes my teeth go all funny. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much again for joining us, Ben. It's been awesome. And to everyone else, as always, uh, you can follow the show at SP Sessions on Twitter, uh, Facebook. There is a page there as well. Or you can just follow the network at SJP World Media, which has all the links to this show and everything else as well. Uh, ben, thank you so much for, for talking and being here with me today. And to everyone else, as always, Thank you for listening.